0: I
1: don't buy the idea that, you know, the society the way it is right now, it has to be this way.
0: Welcome to Rewrite the Rules with your host, Alex Starr. So
1: many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality.
0: It's time to live life on your own terms. What do you really want?
1: Hey, hello. What is up, people? What is up? Uh, Been a couple weeks, uh, but I am back. In Austin, and happy to be projecting my voice in an empty room into this black muffled net thing in front of my mouth that you guys are now listening to in your headphones that you downloaded from the air. So this is so cool. Um, All right, today we are talking about boozy booze booze with my homie Will. Uh, He is 18 months sober. And terrific guy. Uh, We just talk about that whole process of uh, good and sober. I know I've had a lot of comments lately. I've talked to a lot of friends about um, trying to cut back on alcohol or what is too much and what is not enough. (laughs) Actually, nobody has that problem. Um, But as of today, let's see, it is November 7th. I am about nine weeks sober, 10 weeks. um, And I am going the year as a challenge to myself. Um, and just because I knew that it was holding me back. So I'm trying to see where I can get in a year if I don't have booze in my life. So hope you guys get a lot out of this. Uh, feel free to contact me. Uh, I'm always open to talk about this and I'm Will is too. He's an amazing guy. Uh, you can reach me at alex at alexstar.com. Um, and I'll put all the links uh, to this episode and how you can get in touch with Will and, um, find him on social media and stuff if you want. So you can reach out to him as well. So i love you all. And enjoy. Spread the word. Have a good week. Have a good month. Have a good Thanksgiving. Love you all. Enjoy. Alrighty, righty, William. Hello, sir. How do you pronounce your last name? Maradian. Maradian. I actually didn't know that at all.
0: Most people don't.
1: It's a complicated name.
0: It's a complicated story.
1: Not as easy as Star.
0: No, Star. It is that not. That one gets it. That's a little easier. <laughs> Meridian, William Meridium. If you say, if you just think of Prime Meridian and just say Meridian, ah, I, usually, I usually just let it slide.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, dude. We are literally in the perfect spot to record a podcast.
0: It absolutely is. It's cool. It's brisk. It's yeah.
1: nice. I don't know if I should eat these honey bunches of oats while we do the podcast.
0: You should because uh, I'm envious. I'm allergic to wheat, so I can't eat any of them. They look delicious, don't they?
1: It's good, man. (laughs) Gluten is so
0: nutritious. It's delicious. I hate you so much. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm glad that... I was excited to have you on because I really wanted to talk to someone about sobriety, about alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I was like, who talks a lot? (laughs)
0: who enjoys talking Uh, who enjoys talking about themselves
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that's the cool thing about these podcasts is a lot of times it's easy to get people to come on because who doesn't want to talk about themselves you're like hey do you want to come on and tell me your story people are like yeah oh yeah come on
0: yeah it's fun it's Mm -hmm. uh i mean i don't i'm a pretty open book and i've had a lot of weird experiences that i think a lot of people can learn from so that's why i stopped getting afraid to tell my stories and what i've been through and stuff
1: Good. Um, yeah, so the main issue of sobriety, so for everyone listening, I am, what am I, 10 days sober now? Yes. About something, yeah, somewhere days, in there. 10 days. Yeah. And so I recently decided to cut it out entirely because it basically was taking away from my life more than it was giving to it, right? Right. And it's like a process. And we're the, pretty much the same age. You're 29, right? Mm-hmm. I'm 28. And you gave it up. How long I uh,
0: I gave it up in April of 2016. So I'm going at about uh, approaching a year and a half. Okay. Yeah.
1: So let's backtrack a little bit. Take in us dark. back to the dark, dark beginning. <laughs> 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 Take us back That's to so the, far back. Let's go back to the let's go back let's go to the blackout phase. Okay. Step the one. Phase. The blackout phase. Yeah. It's like, uh, have you seen, um, what's that Leo movie, Wolf of Wall Street, where they take the quaaludes oh and it's like the amnesia sure. phase <laughs> and like the the full on, what is it, not narcolepsy, is it the narcolepsy phase where he's on the floor just like-
0: Oh, epilepsy. Epilepsy, there you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so like, I guess when I started party drinking, so to speak.
1: Yeah, just kind of like, what was the final, I'm really curious about mm-hmm. the final stages of what led you to be like, you know what, I'm 100% done.
0: Well- you know there are the final stages like but a lot of people ask the question about like what happened you know what caused you to make this decision and the story is there and it's a it was a shitty night for everyone involved it was a shitty week it was a shitty month but um i started using like whatever to cope when i was in high school and so using what well in high school (laughs) Give us the beats. Um, Don't hold back. Okay, so my first drug that I ever tried was meth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> meth was my gateway drug. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. Like before I even tried like Oh, this champagne. podcast is going to be better. Than, <laughs> this is even going to be this is better than I thought. Yeah. Um grape juice, meth. Grape yeah, juice, yeah, pretty meth. much. Apple was, juice, meth. It was um I started doing meth because I had four AP classes and I was on three varsity teams and I didn't have enough hours in the day to stay up and do my homework after I was tired from like football practice or weightlifting. Mm. So I'd be like, well, I'll just do some of that blue shit or whatever. It's it's not blue. Um, It's white. But (laughs) um, uh, acquaintances of mine, you know how like there's always a, a couple coffee hangouts in high school, like the cool kids go to this one, the burnouts go to this one. Um, well, we went to like the burnout coffee shop before school every day because my mom was in grad school and she dropped us off like an hour and a half before school. Every that must day. be a
1: Pete's not a Starbucks for sure.
0: <laughs> it's definitely a Starbucks. <laughs> we were slumming at it at okay. Pal- Rancho Palace Verde Starbucks. Um, but that was where this <clears throat> one kid in my high school hung out that I knew deal drugs. And I was like, Hey man, um, I'm like falling asleep at midnight when I still have two or three hours of reading to do. Do you have anything that can help me out? Like, fast forward a year and a half, uh, I had lost over 70 pounds. I uh, was like in and out of hospitals, and um, I had been awake for like 56 hours. And I was having hallucinations that people were trying to break down my bedroom door at four o'clock in the morning. And I was yelling at them to stop and just open the door. And my mom opened the door, and she's like, Who the fuck are you yelling at? What the fuck? oh, you're crazy. Okay, great. And they ship me off to a psychiatric hospital. And that sort of start, you know, that sort of started like a long life of cycling in and out of treatment centers and psychiatric hospitals. Um, because like, of course, you know, it started out as like, I need to get straight A's and it turned into partying and coping and bad, bad, bad coping mechanisms and self harm. And All three kids of us growing up were in and out of treatment facilities because we all had emotional disturbance issues.
1: Why was that? Um, Family?
0: Yeah, I mean, broken home. Uh, My parents divorced really early. Um, My father has got lots of mental health problems that he took out on us in very different ways. Um, And... uh, You know, pair that with, like, you know, some people are just sort of genetically predisposed Mm. to that sort of thing. Um, My mom took all of these fertility drugs because she couldn't get pregnant, and she kept having miscarriages. And I've done a lot of reading on those drugs, and there is a high correlation between children who were conceived on those drugs um, and mental health problems and genetic disorders. So I'm sure it's related, but there's a bazillion different factors. Mm -hmm. Um, So I discovered alcohol much later i was doing like meth and weed and coke and all that fun stuff before and you started before having beers before i started having beers and i think it's because it like tasted so bad and i just like it took so much of beer to get me wasted and it took like three seconds of a burning sensation in my nose to get me high. So, so you naturally... just haven't
1: discovered whiskey yet.
0: Right. <laughs> that seems right. to be the main problem. <laughs> the, <laughs> main, the main issue is Jameson didn't find me in he, time to yeah. save me from meth. Yeah, um. exactly. So <laughs> he's probably
1: a slightly better friend. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. So then I went into college and, you know, uh, going to parties, meeting people. I didn't party a lot in college with like my classmates, but in the gay scene, um, I was getting snuck into bars by um, guys I was hooking up with. And I was going to say like dudes want to
1: fuck, yeah. Yeah, yeah dudes want to fuck. Same they thing as with guys drunk. and girls. Yeah, yeah totally. It. It's all the same. Yeah.
0: Like, look at this underage kid who doesn't know what's up. Let's get him drunk and take him home. When I was like, no, I'm just getting free beer out of this. I fully intend on going home with you whether or not. Like, <laughs> you know, you I play the system. 100%. <laughs> ethical slut, I call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a book. It's a book. It is a I've book, I've read yeah. it twice. It's Oh, great. really? Okay. <laughs> um, but... That's when the drinking started. And um, that's the drinking started getting paired with ecstasy because I was going to clubs Mm. and I was a stripper and I was dancing at uh, these clubs. And, you know, they're feeding you booze and you're taking like cocaine and, and, ecstasy to stay awake and stay with the music while you're also being fed free booze it's like a perfect disaster for someone with an addict personality for sure yeah Um, that's a
1: disaster for almost yeah but man you add in the rest of the stuff yeah yeah
0: and like at the time 21 hit i then had a drinking problem by the time i was old enough to drink okay um like i said in and out of psychiatric hospitals like and that went until i was 22 like um i was blackout drunk um and got in a fist fight with someone and it got real bad uh and I was kicked out of the bar and I like checked myself into a hospital and went through detox and all this stuff and I stopped doing hard drugs at that point but I kept drinking and kept drinking and kept drinking and kept drinking and eventually when my career got on track um when I graduated uh I went to my first career job which was at Planned Parenthood as like personal assistant to one of the seniors the senior presidents and I stopped going out as much but I was still drinking a lot mm-hmm. like I didn't have the energy to go out and drink till 2 a.m because I had such a huge commute in the morning but I would drink at home instead sure, and yeah. so like I'd drink three bottles of wine and then wake up five hours later and drive to work mm. um And my husband I met when I was 23, um, and he was also a party animal, and he also is a heavy drinker, and it just sort of, like, we enabled each other, Um, but we were having such a good time while we were... We thought we were having such a good time while we were drunk. We didn't really think about it too much. Right, It did exacerbate some of our, like, you know how, like, when in your first year of dating, it's, like, super hard. You don't really trust the person. You're trying to figure them out. I don't have much dating experience.
1: (laughs) Past, like, two months.
0: Okay, so here's the lesson. <laughs> uh, the first year of dating, at least in my experience, is super hard because okay. you're learning to trust someone. With your I always feelings. thought that's supposed to be
1: the best. I thought that's the honeymoon no, phase. man.
0: If you're like, if you're in, if you're dating for your first year, like the sex is fucking incredible, but uh-huh. also like you're jealous. You don't really know them quite well. You have oh, to learn. Okay. You have lots of miscommunications as you learn each other. Okay, first year is kind of hard, and drinking definitely exacerbated that. Um, but we got past the first year relatively unscathed, um, but the drinking kept going and, like, I kept thinking, like, I kept thinking that all these things were happening to me, like, oh my god, my car, this, oh my god, like, I have another medical problem, I can't believe I have to go back to the doctor, or oh my god, I'm broke again, like, the whole time, not even thinking for a second, like, I have a drinking problem.
1: This is interesting, I'm gonna interrupt you for a sec, um, because... When I took July off, and I've taken like weeks off at a time, and I took July off and just like the ten days now, the problems don't go away
0: mm-hmm. right but
1: no. but 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 they become so much smaller, and totally. i don't and i I don't know a better way to describe it, except for that just everything becomes easier that like okay, yes, like the car breaks down or I don't have money or I want to get up early and work out or like it's just everything about like my mood and kind of how I like my conviction in myself to like solve problems. Mm -hmm. I guess it maybe comes from just like you just feel better. You have more confidence. You just have more self-esteem because you're not constantly poisoning yourself, I guess. that I just feel when problems arise now or when I'm not drinking as much, it just feels like, oh, okay, that's a problem. I can solve it. Whereas before it was like just kind of always in this, I don't feel 100%, I'm maybe in a little slight haze because I had a few beers the night before. Or,
0: yeah, I've seen you I've seen you mean? hazy before. When <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just kind of glare at me because I'm too loud. <laughs> um, well, so there are like two schools of thought on that, right? So um, not two schools of thought, but kind of two phenomenons here. Okay. The first one is if you don't have like a hardcore addiction issue or like a pattern of behavior that's extremely destructive, like your case, I think that you – from and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from my observations, like you were spending lots of money and you were binge drinking here and there, but it wasn't a huge problem. It was not getting in the way of you being successful at work. You started a new job and you were immediately good at it. You got the job. You networked to get the job. Like it wasn't getting in the way of you leading a, a pretty normal life for someone who's 28. Correct. And new in town, right? Correct. Um, so things. I think we're, it makes sense that things were easier for you when you stopped drinking, because you were already a kind of a driven person with conviction. That's just like your personality, and you're a fighter, and you're tenacious, and you don't like to be bored. So you have a lot of those things in your advantage, because um, alcohol is a depressant, but also it kills your metabolism, and when you drink, you don't sleep. Um, you think you're sleeping, but you're not. Physiologically, mm-hmm. it's a completely different experience, which is... Awful. It's like not really sleep. It's a lie. It's all a lie. Yeah, um, you're not it's... passed out drunk. You're just immobile. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, so I think for a lot of people who cut out drinking, who haven't yet reached that point, they see immediate results. Um, and it can become their heads are clearer. They have more energy in general, which makes everything easier to process mentally and emotionally. Yeah, the
1: cognitive function is
0: out is unbelievable. It's fucking fucking great. Yeah. I wish you could get high on knowing how smart you are. Like that would be my new addiction. Um, because just ever since I quit drinking, like, things just make more sense. Um, additionally, alcohol is a depressant. So, like, you literally can, like, I, we've talked about, like, the Will Maradi and Doom Spiral, where, like, if I if I get on a tear, I can find something negative and just go down a rabbit hole. Mm. Like, that kind of stuff happens way more easier, um, way more easily when you're drinking. So... Yeah, you have more confidence. You feel better about life. And things don't seem so drastic. Like, yeah, an obstacle. Great, my car broke down. Instead of crying and drinking about it, I'm (laughs) going to take it in. Well, (laughs) Yes, exactly. I think
1: because what happens is it really becomes a conscious and, more importantly, and more dangerous, is it becomes a subconscious coping mechanism. Yeah. Where it's like you are subconsciously relying on it and depending on it. Exactly. To, like, you know what? And it's also something that, like, subconsciously you're looking forward to. Mm -hmm. Right? And so... The craziest thing that's happened is that I've now had to, I've had to separate what do I actually enjoy right. versus what did I enjoy because I was ingesting alcohol. Right. And I remember going to like, um, I love blues music and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And like, in July when I, I was like two weeks in, and I went and I saw the show and I didn't have anything to drink. And I remember thinking, like, I enjoyed this, but like, why didn't I enjoy this as much as I used to? Mm-hmm. You know? And it was like, was that just because? Because this drug was here with me, you know, like my friend alcohol was accompanying me on. Yeah. And it, it starts to accompany you on basically everything, right. especially if you're 20 something
0: mm-hmm. living in a city. It's easier.
1: It's always there. Yeah, and it becomes it's the lines get blurred between what do I actually enjoy and what do I enjoy because there's a drug prison,
0: right? And what strange. have you been conditioned to enjoy based on the endorphin release of alcohol? Exactly, like, when you're drinking it. Exactly, so like your That's brain, what I'm saying. yeah, your yeah. brain's neuroplasticity is like is amazing. You can be trained to only like something when you're drunk. So I bet there's a part of your brain that was like associated the um, neurotransmitter response. To alcohol with enjoying blues music so you literally trained your brain to enjoy blues music more right when you're drinking right so that leads into like this other problem where that turns into you were saying how like booze is something to look forward to right when you're a problem drinker and you stop drinking it's not all fucking butterflies at first if everything's actually like way harder um so for me when i quit when i first stopped uh i was checked into a hospital um and I had to go through detox and all that stuff. They put me on like blood pressure and seizure meds. This is a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Was it because you were going to go through a withdrawal that was going to? Yeah. You were drinking yeah. So much. That I the mean, body was going to. Sh- right.
0: Well, I mean, they take precautions. I was definitely not in a place where I was drunk all day every day. Like I was drinking every day, but I could wait till get till I got home, to do it, <laughs> right. so to speak. Um. But yeah, if you when I I did my, so what happened was basically I don't remember all of it, but we got in this binge drinking blackout night and uh, um apparently like my ptsd lizard brain kicked in and i thought my husband was someone else and we got in like this physical fight and uh, the apartment was trashed and he kicked me out and um i don't remember like how this happened but i walked to my best friend's house. miles away <laughs> with no cell phone no gps just sort of stumbling at four classic, o'clock in the morning yeah classic 4 and AM I, drug I, yeah. yeah and i broke down his door and i asked him to help me kill myself because i couldn't figure out how i was going to do it at four o'clock in the morning with like no buses around because i had always envisioned jumping in front of a bus um and he was you know he's one of those people that grew up in texas um a pretty small sheltered life and he likes it that way but he's never encountered anything like this um and he and his wife have never had to deal with anything like this and here comes you know magical old will screaming down the door with my fabulous self with like oh my god help me kill myself like reeking of booze like my clothes are falling off or whatever and i woke up um that afternoon and he had like tried to work with my husband and it got checked into a hospital and in the intake interview is when I realized I had a drinking problem (laughs) when they were like so how often do you drink and we started talking about it and they were like so like when's the last time you like went more than 24 hours without a drink and I sat down and I thought and I thought and I thought it through and I was like you know I honestly don't fucking remember this is really horrifying and humiliating and then they said well what if we told you you could never drink again? And I, like, my mouth went dry. I was like, what? Like, I had a physiological instinct nerve response to the thought of going sober that said, fuck that. Um, and that's when they were like, okay, well, just to be safe, we're putting you on what's called a sequel watch while you're in here. And then, so I was in treatment for suicidal ideation and... Um, alcohol abuse and PTSD for oh about a week in intensive treatment like I was in a facility I wasn't allowed to leave there were PTSD from what uh i was raped twice once Ooh. when i was 15 and again when i was 19
1: this story we're just there's so <laughs> many rabbit holes that oh we yeah people at App on engine hate me and
0: <laughs> <This> <laughs> they is... don't all hate me but people wonder why i'm so intense and i'm like you guys have no idea <laughs> um but i mean i gotta say you're pretty lighthearted though for well it's it's taken a lot it's taken a lot of yeah. practice um so yeah i you know i went through treatment and then i did two months of outpatient rehab Um, And during that time, I was applying to work here, and I interviewed with only three or four weeks sober. Um, Wow. Yeah, so the first, like, three months at our company, I was just, like, white-knuckling it. I had no idea how to operate without alcohol. No one in the company knew how sober I was, (laughs) like, how freshly sober I was. Um, And I'm getting invited to drinking and happy hours and all the stuff I would normally do. Yeah,
1: this type of... I mean, it's a tech company for people listening, and yeah. it's, it centers around most of the activity. All of the activities
0: have booze. Have booze. Yeah, and we have.
1: I don't say they center around booze, but it's booze an easy way to get Friday, people talking. Yeah, and Friday afternoon at four, there's people cracking beers open in the office. I mean, it's it's very open.
0: Towards yeah, it's booze. it's Austin tech startup. It's, right, you which know, is cool. It's cool, and it's great, and it works for a lot of people. But for me, <laughs> it's, it's cool unless
1: you're unless <laughs> you're trying to go sober. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I knew that going in, and it was like it was hard. I had to deal with a lot of shitty stuff after that like dealing with the fallout of like getting in an actual fight with my husband while being sober for the first time like basically in 15 years yeah um trying to interview and be like the pressure of like i have no income right now while you're while you're trying to go sober the pressure of like apologizing to everyone you realize you fucked over because you were drinking so much like there are holes in our walls from that fight and i have to i had to look at them every day while i was sober and all i could think was like oh my god like i just want a fucking jameson and coke right now Mm. um but once i lost 10 pounds (laughs) just because i cut out booze and i had a glowing quarterly review at work i started to realize like i really made the right choice Mm. and my husband went sober with me out Mm. of solidarity and he also saw the effects of how good it was for us um i had like actually realized while i was in treatment that we both had drinking problems that just manifested very differently he wouldn't drink every day but he would drink to like black like 20 drinks at a time Mm. when he did drink um And I would just like, I would drink every day and then binge on the weekends. And so it was a condition of us not getting a divorce over this whole thing that he had to go sober with me or else I would have to like get a divorce and move out because I was not going to be able to do it alone. And so once we both started doing it, we both saw the physical and emotional benefits and our life started getting back on track and we were able to cope with stress in like normal adult ways and let ourselves freak out about things without drinking. Mm. That's when... The, the onset of clarity happened and making good choices and being able to cope with horrible situations like a normal adult rather than just drinking until they go away. Well, and
1: the funny thing is about alcohol is it tricks you into thinking that it's a stress reliever. So you take it to relieve right. the stress, but then it just compounds it. Um, yeah,
0: totally. Absolutely. What, so, how
1: did you not know that it was a problem? Because I think that's interesting
0: mm, for question.
1: a lot of people yeah. as well. Like, how, how did How are you drinking that much? And did it ever cross your mind that this could be an issue?
0: Honestly, no. Um, We were having relationship issues in hindsight. They were all because we were drinking um
1: but i mean there weren't like the mornings that you wake up and you were like god i just gotta this booze is just not working out for me did you have those moments uh, or was it really just there were
0: a couple fights like arguments that we had where we were drunk and we were just like what the fuck were we even fighting about i mean like you personally i guess no i for me the reason i was able to ignore it was i was fixated on my husband's binge drinking behavior i was like Mm. randall has the problem randall's the one who has the drinking problem Randall binge drinks, and that's when we get in these fights is when he binge drinks. And then in my intake interview is when the light bulb went off. That's oh shit. That's both of us. Oh shit. I'm a selfish millennial fuck. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow, that's interesting because it is a um. Well, a lot of it's interesting. The fact that you started off with like meth and coke before <laughs> you beer. There's so many interesting parts of this. Oh yeah. Um but it's crazy how I think what happens is that alcohol's so confusing. It's very, very confusing, and the more oh, yes. I'm sure you've dealt with this, the more that I've like, you know, I've talked to a lot of friends about just like I just I don't know if it's the the age that we're at, the late 20s, but I just I've I hear this all the time of something along the lines of, "Yeah, man, I got to cut back," something mm-hmm. like that from from yeah. girls, guys, just a all lot of it. people. Like if you're 25 and over. Um, yeah. because you know, under 25 I was like yeah maybe I'm drinking a little too much but fuck it you know what I mean Like, right. but 25 and over I I hear that you know boiled down to like I need to cut back from a lot of people because mm-hmm. um, I think that alcohol is very confusing because everyone knows that it is it's bad, for is you. bad no and, and, and I'm talking for people that have an issue like my dad can literally have one beer a month and doesn't think about it the rest of the month. Like he's just wired that way. Doesn't no problem with it whatsoever. Right. Right. But I think if you're a social person and you're in your late twenties in any city, listening, a lot of stuff revolves around booze, and mm-hmm. you find yourself all of a sudden drinking more and more of it. And like you said, it it drags you down, unless you're like full on alcoholic. It drags you down just enough where you're like, hmm, this is. Not this is not affecting my life positively, but it's not enough right, to make you quit.
0: Yeah, there's a whole so have do you know anyone in AA or anything like that? Uh huh. Yeah, I have a few
1: I have a few friends that I actually reached out to. Um
0: I talked to you about it, and there's a, mm-hmm. a few friends of mine that
1: have been sober for a few years and I was uh, talking to them about it as well.
0: Right. So have they ever told you about um the concept of hitting rock bottom? I
1: know the harder you hit, the harder, the higher you bounce. <laughs> <laughs>
0: also true. But the concept of rock bottom is um, if you're a problem drinker, and I don't always agree with this because I feel I could have gone worse if I didn't decide to go in the hospital. I feel it could have gotten worse. Sure. You um, could have died eventually. Right. Or like you know, finally gotten the nerve to try to kill myself. I
1: was going to say, could have found your magic school bus.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: <sighs> fuck
0: man. That was, as it was coming out, I was like, Mrs. Frizzle will not approve. <laughs> as that was coming out, I'm like, I'm going to do it. Do it. it. Just fucking do <laughs> yeah. it. Um, The thing is, is so the concept of rock bottom is you, like your life cannot get worse. That's when you realize mm. you have to stop drinking. And the reason, um, a lot of people don't identify that is just, you know, there's this idea that, like, okay, well, my life hasn't halted. My life isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, like, I don't have the issue. I didn't have to hit rock bottom to get slapped in the face by reality. Like, if I didn't decide to go to the hospital and we just, like, went our ways and did the whole, like, oh, I'm sorry, we fought, blah, blah, blah let's not do that again, and then had another drink, like, I'm pretty sure it would have just been bad, like, worse. Like, I either would have finally, like, Killed myself for good, or we would have gotten in a horrible fist fight, and the police would have gotten involved because my anger management issues were coming out. Like the thing about alcohol is it also like lowers your inhibitions, right? Mm. And part of your inhibition is your lizard brain, the part of your brain that's just like fight or flight, just protect.
1: Limbic system, if I'm not correct. Yeah, emotional.
0: Yeah, Mm. and so like, is that correct? I don't know. I believe so. I sound
1: smart though, so yeah, sounds great.
0: (laughs) Um, So you know, when I was drinking, it's either Will's gonna be a jolly, makey outy, slutty drunk, or mm-hmm. he's gonna be a rage drunk, get the fuck away. We don't know what's gonna happen. Um, so I either would have fucked the wrong person at the wrong time and gotten in some serious shit, or I would have gotten so angry I killed myself or hurt someone I cared about. And So I didn't get there, though. I didn't hit rock bottom. Like, I was able to pick up the pieces kind of okay. I'm still feeling the ripple effects of what happened last year. I still have, like, these really uncomfortable reminders of the stuff that went down. Um, A hole is still in my wall, but I I make sure it's there. It's a symbol for me to not forget. But, um, like, even here at our company, like, people ask me where I worked before and why I left. And I'm all, do-do-do-do-do. Oh, my (laughs) God. Goldfish. What? Uh, Don't talk about that um my we um our relationship had lots of issues at the time like Randall and I are open um and we were seeing this other guy together and he like ran away screaming basically (laughs) because I mean we saw him for a long time and the relationship was really rewarding and he spoiled us like it was great but we had some serious issues and so his shop that he owns is on my uh walk to the bus so I see his shop every single day and he owns a very popular clothing store and all of my friends shop there like all of these like reminders of these things that happen come up but like i got a job i'm gunning for a promotion mm-hmm. i've got some side hustles going to get extra money my my boss respects me about half of my co-workers respect me hey, you. <laughs> so so like i think i feel like like i didn't hit rock bottom I still got my shit together, but I still made a very solid choice that I'm not wavering on. Sounds like you could see the bottom. I saw the. Bo- I could see the bottom. You that's were a in, good way. That's a good way to say it.
1: You were in a. You were in one of those um, glass-bottom boats, you know that they have.
0: That could go a real weird way. You're in, the, <laughs> yeah. you're in the.
1: boat, and you're like, oh, like Catalina shit. boat. Yeah, and you look down, and you're like, there. Oh it my God, is. there are sharks and Garibaldi. Yeah, yeah. There. You're like, there's the bottom. I can see it, but I'm still on the boat. But I can yeah. definitely see where bottom is, something yeah. like that. Yeah, the abyss, um, the void. The, yeah, the void. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so. Can you just like walk us through or kind of um, maybe pointers for people who are looking to cut back or, you know, that to deal with these serious emotional and mental repercussions from cutting back? Can you just kind of walk through what were some of the main factors that really helped you when you decided that day when you're like, I'm going sober? Mm. What were the main tenets that? let
0: you stay on that path. They let me stay on the path? Yeah. Like after I made like, the decision.
1: Like tips. We'll call them tips. <laughs> well, I mean it's different for
0: everyone, right?
1: There's Yeah, but what ha- what helped you specifically to say? Okay.
0: Well I avoided bars. <laughs> no, that's, no, seriously. Okay i mean, that's like great. get the fuck away from those bars until like you're comfortable. Um so we have something here in Austin called Queer Bomb, which is basically like <clears throat> An indie, like, guerrilla version of Pride for local businesses and yeah. artists and musicians. And I um, had, like, four or less weeks sober when Queer Bomb hit last year. And my friend... Queer yeah, it's called Queer Bomb. <laughs> Queer Bomb. Queer Bomb. There's um,
1: so many things that could be. That right? Could be,
0: that's a drink. That's the name of my... That's en- a porno. That's the name of my entrance every morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I had a friend in from Chicago who wanted to go to Queer Bomb, and I was like, okay, Miguel, like, let's go to Queer Bomb. It'll be great. It'll be fun. Um, <laughs> I'll be your designated driver. And, yeah, I can totally be around booze and say no. Fine. Great. Mm. And I got there, and, like, within eight minutes, full-blown panic attack. Mm. Like, oh, my God, how am I going to say no to all of these people offering me drugs and, and alcohol? All of the people I know here. Every Like, I knew – so many people there that were wasted when I got there and I was babysitting my friend who was also very drunk because he was on vacation and I just I wasn't ready like it was so overwhelming it was like looking at a funhouse mirror version of yourself and there's nothing you can do to look away like all of your your friends are being assholes they're like groping each other and like being like rapey and flirty and aggressive and messy and dumb like and you're staring at all of them and you're like oh my god this is me every weekend yeah holy fuck like i freaked i left (laughs) it's a really good way to
1: put it looking at yourself in a funny mirror and you can't look away yeah like because like literally
0: everywhere you turn there is a drunk person making a mistake Mm, yeah (laughs) um So, so avoid avoid bars. I would say three months. Like, you Mm. know how most jobs will say, like, it takes three months to ramp up here. Mm. That's how I feel about being sober. It takes three months to be around alcohol without freaking out. That's what it was for me. Um, And then from there, I learned very... It was was a hard lesson where I had to learn that a lot of people who I thought were my friends were not my friends. They were just drinking buddies.
1: Mm, Yeah, I've heard that from quite a few
0: people. Dude, like... You know, I talk about in the office, like, I'm actually a hermit. Like, I'm really outgoing at work. But the second Mm -hmm. I go home, I stop talking and don't see anyone. It's because I realized, um, like, I don't have anything in common with these people. We just congregate in the same space to get drunk together and we don't have anything to talk about they don't have any of my interests they don't share any of my values we're just all got good fun drunk chemistry like we all like to dance and laugh and tell stories but nothing is a of values actually happening so as my f- you know my group of friends started to dwindle that was hard like I was, I I liked having a circle of people around me when I went out um, I didn't love going out, but I love seeing my friends. And when I realized that I was drinking to cope with the anxiety of being in crowded places to see people that I don't actually have a lot in common with, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I have to rethink my whole social like life. Mm-hmm. And I wish someone, I mean, it would have been nice to get a, a heads up to learn that all of the people that I'm drinking with, very few of them are actually gonna stick around when I stop. I don't talk to 99% of them anymore. I mean, we see each other on Facebook, we like each other's posts, and say, yeah, we should hang out sometime. And I'm like, yeah, that'll never happen because all you do is drink um, and you don't have anything going for you. Also, you learn that people you really like and respect are kinda shitty. Or you see them for who they really are, which can be good or bad. It's just Hmm. you don't have this, like, alcohol and bar layer in front of you to give this, like, sort of Vaseline filter context. A facade over these people. Yeah, yeah. So... Another tip I would say is just, like, be ready for your group of friends to get real small for a minute until you find people who share your values again. So it turns
1: into, like, a quality over quantity situation.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Because once you take away the booze, like, what do you have to talk about? Right. Oh, nothing. Because you don't have anything in common. You kind of have to, like, recultivate your circle. Or you can choose not to. Whichever is more rewarding. Right. The thing about quitting drinking is, like, you get to look at yourself in this really unforgiving light. And all of your own values and convictions become really clear and you stop putting up with things you don't care about. Because you've had to go through hell and back in order to stop drinking and stick with it and get your life back on track. So you have less patience for for frivolity. So when I'm kind of like bitter or rolling my eyes or being sarcastic and snippy, I've ultimately just lost patience for bullshit and lost, you know it's It's because if I worked so fucking hard to be a better person, and this can this is a a line i I work with like why do other people not work as hard as me mm. <laughs> to correct their behavior and be better people? That's another thing. the world
1: doesn't revolve around you, Will. I know, right? So, dis- <laughs>
0: Well, no, it's true. It's disappointing. When you're drinking, you're ultimately being fucking selfish. It's all mm, that's about really you. That's it's really... all about your emotions. Mm. And then you stop drinking. You bust your ass. You get back on your feet. You get a job. You do this. You do that. You budget. You finally take care of business. And then you start judging everyone who doesn't do the same thing. Dude, okay, this is,
1: this is hysterical. <laughs> it's uh, that that is so funny you bring that up because you are completely right and it's the, the ego just has this very very finicky tricks that it plays totally i swear to god will i oh i i could give up drinking for one day i go out and i see people having a beer at lunch and i'm like man that's, exactly that's sad that exactly. is sad and i i literally had to like i could have a beer at lunch the day before yeah. that morning say i'm not drinking today and i go in and i see someone drinking at lunch and i'm like god they should they should get their stuff together. That's just like... Right. Or if I have my phone out, right? And I'm yeah. on my phone. I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'm on my phone. If I decide, you know what? I'm going to leave my phone in the car for while well, I go into the market and I see people at the checkout line on their phones, I'm like, God, what does society come to? This is people are pathetic. And like right. I literally, right. in that person, the exactly. other 90% of the
0: time, but you're right, the ego just gets in yeah. and tricks you. It's, it does trick you. So I was doing that thing at, at our company for a while. I was freshly sober, and I was like, no, I don't go to happy hours, this <laughs> and that. And I mean, in the end, all people are saying, I'm like, this guy's a fuck. He doesn't even go to happy hours. Um, the thing the about... these
1: planes, by the way. So, I anyway. hope that
0: they can hear us. Yeah. Um, just because you stopped drinking... This is like the biggest tip. Um, none of my tips are like, it'll be easier. No, it's all fucking hard. No, yeah. um,
1: we want real The tips. biggest fucking tip <laughs>
0: is just because you stop drinking doesn't mean you're less of a shitty person. Mm. It means that your behavior has less like lubricant to get out there, but your thoughts are still the same. Your behavioral patterns are still the same. The way you treat people is still the same. You're just not doing it as much or with as much... Um, enthusiasm or acuity so to speak yeah because you're not wasted all the time Mm. um so like my judgmental behavior of being like these people voting for trump Uh, these people drinking Uh, i can't believe these people smoke weed at work Uh," like you know like all of that was like, oh, Will is being selfish and judgmental just without alcohol. Okay. So,
1: is it, does it make it now you can recognize it much easier? Yes. And, and then, and then, then, then you hopefully can correct. curb
0: it. Yes, mm. exactly. Mm. The, the thing about s- stopping the drinking is yes, it's horrible for your liver. Yes, you're shitty when you're drunk. You make mistakes, blah, blah. blah. But in the end, like, you also have no self awareness mm. and you're not making enough progress or having enough clarity to change the deeper parts of yourself, that alcohol is really just hiding. And the thing about alcohol is you've also been like drinking so much and associating that behavior with drinking therefore meaning like that behavior happens a lot because you're drinking a lot. Mm. So for me it would be like making out with everyone who says hi to me, for example. Um, <laughs> just an example. Just an example. Really happen, the, just an example. Will at the bar likes to make out with people. It's, <laughs> it's, I think the, dude, it's the queer I hello. Think um, with, <laughs> I think
1: it's a guy with I think it's a dude with a beard thing because I just have like this fire cat like like, not the captain, but, like, one of the supervisors, and he he was not, he was straight, straight in his arrow, but, like, he would get drunk and he would just, like, want to hug everyone, like, kiss them on the cheek, and yeah, yeah. he had this big old beard, and right. he was bald, too, actually.
0: Well, that's just our testosterone ruining our lives. <laughs> um, but the, uh, so shitty behavior, like, okay, example, me, my promiscuousness, like, definitely associated with drinking, right? Mm. Stop um, drinking. Wait. I think everyone I'm still promiscuous. Mm. Huh. Huh huh i just have some guilt about it now (laughs) like Mm. you know or um you're some people when they're drunk and they feel attacked they get crazy defensive and go off the chain right um like uh if they're feeling like put in a corner in an argument and they've been drinking and Mm. you have you ever reason tried to reason with someone who's drunk and they're just not (coughs) seeing it They're just getting crazy defensive all the time. Yes, and
1: I have a lot of friends who, especially in the past, I'm not talking to my friend anymore. Right. It's a different person. It's literally a different person. It's basically. They became possessed by the alcohol demon, whatever you want to call it. Right. I, I literally am like sitting there, you know, like, hey. You know, fucking John, like, I'll talk to John tomorrow if he's in there. I'm not talking to this fucking person, whoever this is right now.
0: Right. The thing about that is that person's, like, in there when they're not drinking. It's just not hanging out with you. Right. You know? So, the thing about drinking is it stops that person from coming out more um, if you stop drinking. But then, like, that person's still there. You still got to work on your shit. You just – alcohol is preventing you from working on your shit. I wasn't able to successfully actually work on my trauma therapy and actually – be able to keep my composure in a panic attack and know what to do if I'm about to cry at work on a on a phone call. Like I was not able to learn that stuff until I stopped drinking. Like that shit's all still there. And actually it was harder to deal with that stuff and learn how to be a normal person without it. But it didn't, it only happened because I stopped drinking. Right. So it's not like stopping drinking changes who you are they say it all the time and in the we call it the program in aa and i don't go to meetings to be clear um but it's a really great solution for a lot of people Mm. and if you think you might have a drinking problem you should always just check it out to see what's up um but people in aa will often leave because they're like they're full of shitty people addicts are awful this and that there's so much drama it's part of why i left it's 100 percent true like, when you're drinking, you're conditioning yourself to act this way because you're drinking and causing this behavior. You're losing your inhibitions, making shitty decisions, and it becomes normal for you. Mm. You have to relearn how to be a person. That's the hardest Oof. part.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that, that's like, I think that um, that's scary to hear. You it is. I mean? That's like, a scary proposition. Dude, like, you for, know, even for, to cut back, to be like, oh, i got to. I got to look into who I actually am.
0: Right. Like, nah, I think I'll just keep drinking. <laughs> yeah, like, like no peace. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. you like you, perfect example. Uh, you know, my husband has a back injury right now. He's not able mm-hmm. to work and I'm having to man up and make extra money, work extra hours. Um, I would not have been able to do that while I was drinking. Not because the capacity wasn't there, but because I would have been like, but what about, mm. what about my life? What about my life? What about, I, I, I got karate, I got work, I'm trying to find a better job. Like, Randall, I really need you to work. Mm. That's what would have happened. But because I stopped drinking, I was able to finally realize, like, I'm one of the most selfish people I know. And so now that it, when I have those thoughts, those thoughts are still there. I still am like, there are these moments where I'm resenting Randall because I'm so tired because I'm working extra hours and he is unable to work. But I'm like, whoa, 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 back the fuck up, diva. Like, <laughs> your husband is in so much pain, he can't work sit down, shut up and work. I'm only able to do that because I quit drinking and I learned how selfish and awful I can be. And
1: now you, and now you deal with your life.
0: Yeah. And now I'm like, all right, I can feel selfish and I can feel angry, but it better not show and it better not affect my relationship. Right. And now you deal with it. Yeah.
1: You you brought up a really good point. Um, God, this is literally absolutely like amazing it's right perfect. now. The lights coming <laughs> out here by the water, we're over by the, this, uh, Chillin'. the lake by the trail. Yeah. Um, you brought up a really good point earlier um, about like how I, I think a lot of it has to when you have to let go of some of your friends. You got to redo your social circle. You got to redo you as a human. It becomes these these things that we do that become a part of our identity are mm-hmm. so sticky. Mm-hmm. They just they stick to you, you know. And then you're like, no, this is I'm Will the partier. Yeah, you know, like for me and yeah, it's like no, I'm Alex the guy who changes locations every six months and always down for a good time and you know all these things that you like somehow construct in your mind of like who you are Mm -hmm. and god damn it those are those are difficult to let go because then you think well if i'm not the partier anymore or if i'm not the guy who's always down to like go out on a friday night then who am i That part of me you know what i mean yeah it's a scary
0: Um, that's a scary moment when you realize like a the person who you thought you were is not is no longer an option but b like you weren't even that person to begin with because when you take away the booze like i mean that was the factor that made you 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 know so i used to be will the party animal i used to be will the drunk hermit Mm. um but ultimately it was just like when you took away the booze there was nothing left in those two identities like well i can't be a party animal if i'm not drinking and i can't be a drunk hermit if i'm not drinking so that doesn't really mean anything they're just hiding whatever is really there right and exacerbating what's bad right the worst parts of your personality <laughs> <laughs> um it, it's a re uh we work in marketing so i hate saying this but it's a rebrand like and it's not it's not a rebrand uh, that's a good way to any, describe it i think that's I mean, a good way to describe it yeah you just so you know you gotta rise from the ashes you rise from the ashes and you do have to you
1: do have to no i think rebranding is a good way to put it because you are you're rebranding the way that you yeah. see yourself
0: yeah i mean you have that's to, that's hit that hits it it's not how people see you because when you make the decision to stop drinking if you've gotten that far where like you're kind of forced to hand and making a choice you got to stop caring what people think because at that point you're making the decision for you um or someone you care about very very much usually like your parents or your brother or your partner and the rebrand is all about you you need to figure out like who, who do i want to be it's like that um Do you remember that movie Boyhood that came out? I never saw that. Well, the trailer. It
1: follows a like a young
0: boy, and they actually filmed it over like Mm ten years, right? Yeah, and I never saw it either. Uh, I don't have like three and a half hours of free time to sit down and watch people age, but (laughs) I heard it was very good. But a a line from the uh, the trailer was, "Who do you want to be?" I think the character's name is Ellis. Like, what do you want to do, Ellis? Who do you want to be? And it's just like parents ask you that when you're going to college you have to ask yourself that question again like what are your values what really matters what are your priorities right now it might be find a fucking job but what happens once you get that job get off your feet get out of rehab like how are you going to spend your free time Mm. that's the scary part Mm. like oh my god it's five o'clock and i don't have to go to bed till 10 what am i gonna fucking do Yeah. (laughs) um so for me like I just started reading a lot, self-educating a lot, and working out more, and I became stronger and stronger and stronger in my social justice convictions, and now that's kind of my brand at work, like, everyone laughs about it, because I always have something to say, but uh, I fucking care, Mm. like, I didn't feel this strongly about this stuff when I felt that strongly about Jameson, Mm. like, and... uh, I feel so strongly about this stuff, about social justice and civil rights, and and the arts, and all of these things I'm into now much more since I quit drinking. That I don't give a fuck if people don't like it, mm. which is almost almost as empowering as being able to say no to a drink.
1: I sent you that link the other day. That was a fan, that's I love that line. By the way, I didn't I didn't care about it that much as lo- as long as I cared that much about Jameson. Yeah, that you just said. that's a great. line.
0: Yeah. Um, Oh, the link about, like, choosing what
1: um... – <clears throat> Well, no, I sent you that book the other day. It's yeah. called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. That's yeah,
0: my... and the, and I think you said I summarized it by saying, like, I just cho- I just chose what to give a fuck about. That's literally yeah. the,
1: the entire book. Is like he's saying, look, the, 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 the core of self-improvement, you know, all this fluff about, like, you can be great and blah, 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 and, which is,
0: like, kind of half of what this podcast is, but it's also kind of – Well, it's deconstructing half... it because you're showing that there's no one way to do it. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. have y'all more often <laughs> Just compliment me for 45 minutes. Um,
1: no, that's basically it. The whole thing is about, like, self-improvement boils down to deciding your priorities. Or in his way, he's like, just decide what you want to give a fuck about or not. Yeah. Don't give a fuck because, you, you know, yeah, your, your car broke down and it needs new tires kind of thing. Like, is that really important? No, give a fuck because, you know, you're parents your dad now has stage four cancer you know like choose your priorities yeah choose the things to give a fuck about um and you know i don't want to keep just like badgering down booze because like i said a lot of people can do it responsibly but all these things all these distractions booze and fucking instagram and snapchat and netflix you know like all these things just like they readjust your priorities right they readjust your compass where now you're skewing the boat yeah. starting to go like a certain way, right? And you're like, this is this isn't the direction that I chose. I just somehow ended up here,
0: you, right? And it's it's interesting because you never choose to become an alcoholic. I like I didn't wake up and be like, I can't wait to get all of my daddy issues into this bottle <sighs> and become a problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> <laughs> like i didn't what? wake up and be like i'm gonna drink about my life and make sure that i uh make my marriage really difficult and like fall five years behind in my career i right. didn't wake up it just you you stop paying I, I wasn't paying attention to what i cared about and just kind of rolling with it
1: and that's the, i think one of the scary parts is that it kind of just it creeps up on you oh yeah um, i was so surprised well, where do, Where do you think that Where do you th- what do we got over crossfit's
0: here? going on over there is that like junior high CrossFit? Looks like junior high kids. Sounds like junior high kids. Yeah, it's all the same people. Who my can voice work was out my voice old. was so high back then. <laughs> and there was like this like
1: kids used to make fun of me. It was like, Hey, I'm Alex. <laughs> Dropped like after eighth grade. Thank God. Um, but um, what are we talking about? Oh yeah. So where do you think the line is for you know? Because like I said, a lot of people listening and myself included it wasn't like I wasn't to that stage yet. I wasn't mm-hmm. like into the deep abyss yet. It just was dragging me down. I knew it was holding me back from my potential. I knew it was just not adding to my life. You know, it wasn't doing me any favors. Where's that line? Like, how can we all draw the distinction you think mm. from casual drinking, which is everywhere. Right. And everyone wakes up going, maybe I should cut it back. And then all of a sudden it's like, alcoholism it's like I, I, there's a there's not that much middle ground
0: yeah I mean where did
1: it like do you when you were going through it was there I guess you didn't really have points where you thought there was a problem but no nah, it's just interesting I was, that like, we we don't, everyone
0: else's problem it's not me I'm sure perfect. <laughs> um, I get, it's, just, it's just
1: weird that we, you know what I'm talking about there's no like great. It, it's hi, like yeah for sure well it's in,
0: because you know especially for people our age and you know, this, this particular segment that you're doing today, I think is probably going to resonate more with people our age. Um, It's the distractions are so plentiful in our society, right? That we know what we want, but we're not actually tracking if we're getting there. So I actually was thinking about this the other day, like my five-year plan. Right. Um, I would say like do a self-examination, Okay. Am I closer to X goal than I was last year? No. Okay. Why not? Okay. How am I spending my free time? How am I spending my money? It's always going to go to food and booze. (laughs) Like our age, like we hate cooking. We hate being by ourselves. We want constant social validation. Um, And all of our friends are thinking and feeling the same exact thing. So we're just rolling along with it. But we're not conditioned or trained by our higher ups, by our parents to stop every once in a while and be like, am I actually on the way to what I want? Or am I just reacting to things that are going on? Um, You know, I've been wanting to get back into like the admin world of just my career, because you and I are in client facing kind of uh, revenue related roles right now some sales some customer service some consulting um, but like my first career before drinking got like way in the way it was like opening clinics <laughs> so I've been wanting to get back there for a long time but I think like over the last three years I never stopped once and said oh, how come I'm not back there yet and analyze that I just kept like trying to get jobs and drinking and trying to do well at jobs and making new friends and having sex and oh karate's fun um but i never stopped and was like well how come i'm i'm not writing uh, marketing programming anymore how come i'm not doing project management anymore Mm. i just knew i wasn't and that's where i wanted to go just the hedonic treadmill yeah it's you know it was just kind of spinning my wheels Mm. and our age we have so much energy and so many resources and the internet is fucking crazy like i'm blown away by how much information is out there and there's like no reason we shouldn't at least be able to identify like why we're not meeting our goals um i mean and there of course a lot of that you know plays into intersectionality depending on like where you grew up where you're from if you're a marginalized people like people of color you definitely have different sets of disadvantages um lots of different kind of social glass ceilings especially in that community but If you're spinning your wheels, you're never actually going to know you're spinning your wheels unless you ask yourself, why am I not going anywhere? Why am I not getting what I want? How come I haven't gotten promoted? Why am I not a serious consideration for team lead? How come I haven't gotten a raise? Like, asking yourself why these things, really asking yourself why you didn't get the things that you want, really opens a lot of doors. And sometimes like Pandora's box of like, holy shit, I'm not as cool as I thought I Mm -hmm. was, but... If you're ever kind of wondering, like, ooh, I should cut back or, "Mm, like, I don't know, I feel like I put too much money into this. Like, do we do anything other than happy hours here? Like, if you're ever feeling that way, I would just say, like, ask yourself why you aren't already where you want to be and how come, like, if you have a certain number of steps to get to say, like, let's say I wanted to be a sex therapist, takes X, Y, and Z. How come I'm not at X? Why am I not at X? Why am I not applying to schools? Why am I not reading books? Oh, because of Netflix and booze. Like... I didn't spend any time last night reading articles. I um, watched porn on Tumblr and uh, watched like five episodes of 13 Reasons Why because I was tired from my job. Well, I was probably be less tired if I wasn't drinking the night before and not cracking open a beer to chase the hangover as soon as I got home from work. Perfect. And that's a lot of my hindsight being like fuck man if i had just asked myself these questions like would i have this marketing job i'm gunning for now like two or three years ago where would i be and you know you can't really control any of that but it's a it's a pretty shitty question to ask yourself and it definitely resonates if you sit with it
1: let's end it on that that was powerful (laughs) that was a great way to end it i think that, that was
0: terrific advice i think everyone kind of
1: followed that uh you can get yourself in a lot better place so Thanks, man. Awesome, man. We'll wrap it up there. Cool. Appreciate you coming on, bro. This was awesome. Yeah, dude. Thanks. Deuces. Later. (laughs) Ta-ta. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, it would mean the world to me if you left a review or, more importantly, if you just shared the word about this podcast, if you told your friends, maybe gave it a share on social media, that is the biggest compliment that you could give to me. Um, So that would, from the bottom of my heart, mean a lot. Um, And as always, you know, I love getting some of the feedback, some of the texts and emails and stuff from you guys, uh, letting me know what you get out of it um, and the things that you love hearing because then I can put more of that juicy goodness out. So you guys will hear from me in uh, about a week or two um, for the new episode. And until then, rewrite the rules of your life. That sounds really cheesy. I don't think I'm ever gonna do that again. But I'm gonna think of some cool tagline, and I'm gonna start saying it at the end of every podcast. So I can say something cool. All right. See you.